What's going on, Anchor FM? What's going on, Spotify? What's going on, the whole entire world? I am your host, Dre Wise, Dre Wise, conqueror of my podcast, Anchor FM, me, Dre Wise. Now, here is the sports update, the sports news, what's going on in sports. LeBron James tweet. LeBron James returned back to the Lakers on the court. It's not looking too good. Ah. <sighs> And I have more about what's going on in sports, UFC, of course, football. Uh, let's see, let's see, what else, what else, what else, what else? Of course, of course, boxing is the update news on sports. So tomorrow here on Anchor FM, I will go back live on Anchor FM on a particular discussion and topics on my podcast here on Anchor FM, Dre Wise. Peace and have a nice day. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at Dre Wise, the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. They're in real trouble. It's, it's been it's very, very concerning. Really? Um, You're yeah. all the way to real yeah, trouble? Yeah, they're in real trouble. Um, you know, you watch what they did last night. You watch what they did on Friday night. They're not playing any defense. They gave up 72 points to a Toronto team, minus Gary Trent Jr., minus Fred Van Bleet. Now, obviously, two, the two of their better players were there, and they let them go bonkers. Uh, Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry couldn't miss from the three-point line last night. But it's, Skip, the problem that I've had with the Lakers all year, and I've voiced this on several occasions, they have these long droughts in which they don't score any points. And if I'm not mistaken, I think they put a, 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 on the screen last night a stat up where they had gone had three two-plus-minute scoring droughts. And we see that. They go three. They'll go five, sometimes even six minutes, and not score the basketball. That's fine if you're locking people down on the other end. And how do you go from a 12-point lead to down 13 at the half? Is because you start playing defense, you start turning the football over. And then these guys are doing the basketball. Either way. Yeah, you well, you well, that's the thing, Skip. Yep. They don't score the basketball, yep. they don't play defense, they turn it over, so they compounded a By problem. The way, Toronto scored forty in the second quarter. Forty. Hmm. A forty piece. Okay. Against that team. It, it skip look. I think everybody can see LeBron is not even close to hundred percent. We see the way he's getting up and down the court. We see the things that he was doing before the injury, and we see the things that he can't do now. This is where he is. This is what it's going to be. I don't know if he'll be a, you know, even 75 80% by the time the playoffs start. But what was concerning is that he left the ball game and he didn't come back last night because of soreness. Is he going to play back-to-back, Skip? That remains to be seen. I guess when he wake up, how does it feel in the morning, Skip? But it's very concerning. What's most concerning about me is AD. AD was shooting 53% before he left. He's shooting 39%. AD can't play the amount of minutes that he's playing and give us 12 points. Mm. He can't do it, Skip. He can't play the amount of minutes and give us five, six rebounds. He can't do it, Skip. The whole purpose of bringing AD was not only to help win a championship right now, but when LeBron leaves, AD was going to be the next guy in line for the mantle. And that's normally how it goes, Skip. You have Kareem, and then you transition to Magic. They had the love there. You had Shaq, you transition to Kobe. Normally, that's how they do it. But for whatever reason, AD has not come back with what I thought. He, and I, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's going to take him a little, to a little while. 
But AD, the the shots just not is just not falling for him. Mm. And he's getting frustrated. He's missing free throws. He's missing easy shots right around the rim. But Skip, they're in trouble. The problem that I have with everybody talking about the play-in game, I heard no one, no one mentioned the play-in at the start of the season. No one mentioned the play-in when they was in first, second, or third place. It's now that everybody's starting to fall, and the play-in seems like a real possibility. Now, all of a sudden, the play-in game is a problem. Mm. But let me tell you what happened. Y'all, look, you said you wanted to come back after Dr. King holiday. The NBA said, well, guys, we're going to lose like a billion dollars if we don't come back sooner. You're like, well, I need my check. So what do you expect was going to happen? 71 days afterward, you play 72 games in a condensed schedule. NBA said, we got to recoup some of that money, so we'll have two play-ins. Mm. I believe moving forward, you're going to have a play-in game. You might not have 9-10, but you're probably going to have, what, what, 7-8, 8-9? Eight, eight, have a play-in game, Skip. So for me, the Lakers are in trouble. They're not defending, and AD, their best, their best player, is injured. He can't rehab. Rehab is over. He's going to have to rehab on the court. And the second best player has not lived up to expectations since he's returned from injury. Mm. Okay, it is now my turn. It seems like it was just a couple of weeks ago that LeBron James tweeted, a storm is coming. Yeah. And it is now raining cats and dogs on the Lakers inside Staples Center. There's a leak in Staples. There's a big leak. Because (laughs) your team, the Lakers, the team that plays upstairs at Staples, has fallen to 17 and 15 at home. 17 and 15 losses Mm -hmm. at home. Meanwhile, the team in the basement, the Clippers, 24 and 9 at Staples. So I would say that's big advantage. Rondo's new team, right? Yep. Okay. Also, I had some issue yesterday. I just got to get this off my chest with LeBron James. It was late yesterday morning. He's tweeting. Can anybody help me if we could see this tweet? Can anybody help me find a gaming chair? Who makes the best, most comfortable gaming chair? I need one for myself. LeBron, you got a game tonight, as in game, real game, not gaming. You got a game. Well, you might want to sit in for the games, Kip. Oh, maybe that was it because I tweeted that. Maybe he could find a gaming chair with an enhanced clutch gene on it because that could help it because he needs one right now. So let's step back and look at what just happened in two straight home games in which LeBron returned. Again, he returned with his two other co-stars, Anthony Davis and your newest co-star, who actually played pretty well last night, Kareem Abdul-Drummond, the big penguin. He put up some pretty good numbers. Yet it was Kyle Kuzma after the game last night who was campaigning for Mark Gasol to get more minutes because I think they're all seeing that the big penguin just sort of clogs up the lane. I think it's a bad fit. I told you going in, I first guessed this, that it's hard on LeBron and AD when you push them farther from the basket and you take away their driving lanes or their inside presence. Mm -hmm. It's hard because the big penguin just posts up and he's such a wide body, it's hard for anybody else to have much presence in the lane. Skip, with what they had, what he, what AD was going against, against Sacramento, and what he was going in Toronto, mm-hmm. I don't care if he has a mountain in the lane. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for the guy that he's okay. going against for him not to dominate. Okay, I got it. And I'm with you on that, and that's a fair criticism on your right. part it's it's objective and i appreciate your painful objectivity today and your candor about your crumbling lakers <laughs> you had to get that okay. in huh? yeah okay so what happens on friday night you're playing against a sacramento that just two nights earlier
This is how I got Patrick to switch to Aldi. He was all, I need the best ingredients. I thought Aldi was just prepackaged food. And I was like, that's it, I'm going grocery shopping. I switched everything into another store's bag. I cooked up that fresh salmon and veggies. and was like, man, that was good. Oh yeah, guess where I went shopping. And that's when I was like, Aldi salmon for the win. What, what? Friends don't let friends pay too much for groceries. Of your home right now at Menards. Come check out our wide variety of lighting options available in the store and online. We'll have the right light to match your unique style. The Hunter Cirrus Collection features a brushed steel finish with opal glass to bring modern flair to your home. Right now, all Hunter lighting options are 11% off. Get 11% off everything now at Menards. Save big money at Menards had suffered the worst home loss in their history in Sacramento. They had gotten blown off their home floor by Utah, 154 to 105. Mm -hmm. And here they came and there's no De'Aaron Fox. Very there's well. no Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. So you're a prohibitive favorite to win that game. Yeah. And it's nip-tuck, nip-tuck. You see, that in both games, it looked like you would assert yourself and take over. Even last night, you had a 10-point lead. What? late first quarter mm -hmm. and it just seemed like here you go here right. you go and mm -hmm. there you went right so if we could see what happens down the stretch of the game against sacramento you, th this is the bad one this is your worst loss is that one because with one what was it 117 left in the game lebron takes a three they're down two lebron tries a three here to put them up one and he hits nothing but air it's an air ball, and you, you just can't do that in that situation, which leads to the final. Is that here's the air ball one more time? It's up, and it's nothing but, ooh, nothing but air. And here we go with the final possession. LeBron says, "Okay, I got it again. I'll shoot another three, and at least it was up. Never up, never in." Is the oldest cliche in basketball. He got it up, and he back ironed it to win the game. They were down one. And again, you know my issue with LeBron. Why don't you just take that to the basket and get fouled? Now, he, just go. Just he, go. He's not, I mean, he, you can see he can't. He can't turn the corner right now without that. Do you range. really believe that? Yes. Skip, okay, you, well, then, you're watching the game. Skip, okay. You're watching I, the game. I, I, I didn't it. see that. I didn't see it. I, I'm sorry. And then he said after the Friday night game, I, I knew I was going to get back to 100%. It's impossible. I don't think I will ever get back to 100% in my career. I thought his pride was more hurt than his ankle at that point because he had missed the shot to win right. the game. Right. Okay. But that's so, hyperbole. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 he, I, the, he, mean, he knows he's not going to be 100% this year. It's hard to be, get healthy while you're playing on the injured on the injured body part. He knows that. But the, the career, I mean, hey, once the season's over with, after two or three months of rest and recovery, LeBron James will be back. But the likelihood of that happening during the course of this season is not going to happen. Okay. So the point is we get to Sunday and you're up against a one is in the books. We got all that good, good reaction today. Hope you guys were able to get some sleep because we got a lot to discuss. Oh, Stephen A. A little bit. I was amped. Yeah, right. Stephen A. You mentioned it. Uh, a lot of juicy quarterback news, but your boy Aaron Rodgers kind of hijacking the draft. We'll get to that in a hot second. But first, the quarterback draftees, the Niners pulling the okie doke, traded up to the three spot to get Trey Lance, not Mac Jones. The Bears trading the farm for the second time. And then remember the Mitchell Trubisky debacle to get Justin Fields. And Bill Belichick picking up his friend Nick Saban's former quarterback, Mac 
Jones return of the Mac. Max, yeah. bigger quarterback news. Lance, Fields, or Jones? It's easily Justin Fields. The because it's the Chicago Bears. Guys, Justin Fields. What they were, we were arguing like a year ago, wait, are we sure it's Trevor Lance and not Justin Fields who should be the number one overall pick when they come out? <laughs> that was out there. It's 1A and 1B. Justin Fields could have easily been the second pick in this draft. And the Bears, guys, they've never, ever had a quarterback. Not in the Super Bowl era, not really. Jim McMahon, he won a Super Bowl for sure, but then came out and said that he, that he had a better time on the Packers. It's a better organization where he was a third stringer when Favre won than when he won as a starting quarterback on the greatest team of all time, the 85 Bears. They've never had a quarterback. Stephen A., when Jay Cutler is the first guy that comes to mind, who are the best quarterbacks in your lifetime with the Bears? And Jay Cutler is the first or second name that comes to mind? you got to be kidding. I saw some crazy stat. No uh, no Bears quarterback in the Super Bowl era is thrown for, or maybe ever, is thrown for 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Some kind of like modest standard like that. And they got Justin Fields. And Stephen A., they gave up a haul to get him, to move up nine slots. Remember, I thought he was, should, they were going to trade up with, with Atlanta for the fourth pick, because that way they are sure to get their guy. But once he fell, they traded up nine slots. They gave up a fourth, a fifth, and a first to go up nine slots to make sure they got their man. The Chicago Bears have a quarterback. Stephen A., they're not going into this season trying to sell their fan base this or next season on Andy Dalton or someone like that. They got their man. Listen, I'm not trying to knock um, anything about Justin Fields. I think he's terrific. Me personally, I had him as a top two quarterback in the in, in the NFL draft, and I know how big time he is, and I understand what you're saying, but that's nostalgia you're talking about. That's the history and the tradition of the Chicago Bears and, and what have you, and they've never had an elite quarterback, per se, even when they won the Super Bowl in 85, you know, doing it, you know, just with Walter Payton and those ones, we are the Bears, the shuffling crew. You remember that song and all of this other stuff? <laughs> I mean, Super remember Bowl all shuffling. of that? Yeah. All of that other all of that other stuff but here's what the bottom line is refrigerator perry and walter payton all of this other stuff i'm going with mac jones i think mac jones being in new england with bill belichick bill belichick has found his successor to tom brady that does not mean that we'll see him week one but this is a guy in mac jones that threw for 4500 yards last season at alabama won a national championship did so by throwing for 41 touchdowns and just four interceptions and oh by the way I think setting an NCAA record for completing passes, 77.4% of his passes he completed. This brother is accurate. He's poised. He obviously has played for a big-time program. He's played for a big-time coach in Nick Saban who prepares guys for the NFL like no other. You take all of that into consideration. You look at what Devontae Smith came on this very show and said just the other day about Mac Jones. He not only knows his job, he knows what everyone else is supposed to be doing, okay? And more importantly, he's a leader who makes sure he holds people accountable, that you have to do your job. So understand, that's basically an extension of the coach because that's what Nick Saban is most known for outside of winning, of course. And when you look at it from that perspective, and then you take into account all the years of success we saw from New England, at the quarterback position, what did they have? A guy relatively immobile, but a guy that was a football savant that knew what everybody else was supposed to do, that knew what he needed to do, that was an accurate passer, that was a system quarterback. 
Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniel is still there. When you look at somebody, if you had to look at one quarterback in this draft that was similar in style and similar in terms of what the kind of things that Tom Brady brought to the table and what we anticipate this guy will be able to bring to the table. Uh, he was that one guy, and I think that he landed in the perfect spot. And we're talking about the New England Patriots. I don't give a damn about the Bears tradition. I give a damn about the recent history of the New England Patriots over the last 20 years. Not just Bill the tradition. Josh McDaniel is still there. It's the, it's the fan base that is so... Look, Chicago fancies itself a football town. They care more about the Bears than anything. I keep going back to that SNL skit from the 80s, Stephen A. The Bears, the, the, the Bears, Everybody the Bulls were... The Bulls had two right? different three-peats. Two different three-peats. And they're talking about the Bears because of one Super Bowl. And they haven't ever, ever had a quarterback. And they finally got one. There are three stories out of the draft as it relates to quarterbacks. Let's face it. First was the Trey Lance surprise. I actually think that's a bigger story than Mac Jones falling to Bill Belichick. The real story with Mac Jones is Belichick didn't have to trade up to get him. He fell to Belichick and everyone goes, of course, Belichick gets his guy. doesn't even have to move up. But I think Trey Lance is the second biggest story to Justin Fields. That's enough for a variety of reasons that the Niners take that guy over the guy everyone said. Was that a smokescreen the whole time? Is there something going on with Green Bay? Because they think, who knows? But that's a huge story. We'll get to that later. Justin Fields, the guy who you just said was the second best quarterback in the draft, the Trevor Lawrence, the guy who was as valued as anyone coming out of high school, except for maybe Trevor Lawrence. 1A to Trevor Lawrence's one this whole time. And he's going to be, he has a chip on his shoulder. But this guy's going to come and say, oh, really? Mm -hmm. I, I, I fell out of the top 10? Oh, it is do on, I, do, and do Chicago to, Bears fans right now are dribble. happier than any fan base. Do I get to respond to that dribble? Because you keep bringing up the quarterback here, and you forget who's coaching him. Matt Nagy, you forget who the GM is, Ryan Pace. You forget that these are the same individuals that had no choice but to move up to get him because when you pass up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson by moving up in the draft to draft Mitchell Drabitsky, number two overall a few years ago, and then, by the way, turns around, he's not even on the squad anymore. He's a backup in Buffalo. Excuse me, you didn't have a choice. So the fact that he landed in Chicago is a beautiful thing, but it was desperation on their part because their jobs are on the line. This doesn't work out. Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are not going to be there as coach and GM. Both of them will be gone. You can book it. I understand the fan base, but I think the years have passed, Max, where that's not applicable in this argument. Who's picking them to win the West right now? Not right now. No. Um, I reserve the right to change my mind because I picked them at the beginning of the season, and certainly if LeBron James gets healthy, um, obviously that changes a lot of things. But I think that he was right on the money when he said if he's not 100%, they ain't coming out of the West. I think even he knows that. He looks like a shell of himself right now. And obviously the last six minutes and 46, 42 seconds, I believe, last night, uh, he ended up sitting out the rest of the game and their loss to the Toronto Raptors because of right ankle soreness. It's the same ankle that he hurt against Atlanta over 40 days ago, which caused him to miss 20 games. And when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers right now, they're out of sync. And when you got to take into account Frank Vogel, Max, the defense is ranked number two in the NBA. Frank Vogel is known as an elite defensive coach. That's what he is. He's never been accused of that offensively. So that means that the offense, which is ranked 23 at this particular moment in time, it's really in the hands of LeBron James. He's your point forward. Now, Dennis Schroeder was out last night, the, the COVID protocols and all of this other stuff which obviously frustrates a lot of players because too many players this year have gone through that. 
but I don't think he makes that much of a difference if LeBron James is not healthy. LeBron James is not healthy. He looks like a shell of himself. And without him, the offense ain't just what it, is, it used to be. Anthony Davis is averaging 21 and 8 this season, 50% shooting from the field, but only 26% shooting from three-point range. If you look at the way teams are playing in the National Basketball Association, particularly in the Western Conference, they're going to get a little bit physical with you. He's got to be able to make his perimeter shots in order to be the Anthony Davis we know and love because without that, it's going to be just too tough with Phoenix, with Utah, even though the Clippers have lost three straight. We can't eliminate them. The Denver Nuggets have won five straight. This is why Jokic is the MVP right now, the leading candidate for the MVP. There's just too much formidable opposition in the Western Conference for LeBron to be less than 100%. Both him and AD are less than 100%. And as far as I'm concerned, if the players were to begin right now, I wouldn't pick the Los Angeles Lakers to even make the conference finals. Neither would I if the playoffs start right now, but they don't. I'm staying with the Lakers. <clears throat> with, am I nervous? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and you know I'm a Lakers fan. But uh, Yeah, you're a traitor. Look, yeah, that's right. You're a traitor. That's right. That's right. Sold the Knicks out. Mm-hmm. Dolan sells the team we can talk about. Okay. The point is, the Lakers still have LeBron and AD. And the real alarming thing that LeBron said, though he said something like this in the past, mm-hmm. is he doesn't know if he'll ever be 100% again. He doesn't think he'll ever be 100% again. Whoa, LeBron, what are you saying? I'm going to take that as a dude who's really frustrated right now, who sat out all that time to make sure it was okay, came back and like, wait, did I hurt myself again? Is this, a, is this just pain or is this an injury I'm dealing with? But guys, when they are healthy, if they can get healthy, they're still the best team in the West. This is the defending champs who gentlemen swept the Western Conference last year. No one took them to a game six in the West. And they got better, at least on paper, not only in the offseason, but after the trade deadline. You talk about, you know, can Anthony Davis's body hold up to the rigors of the playoffs? They have Andre Drummond. Like, they got, they have guys, they, the problem used to be, they don't have enough starters, really. They have two superstars, maybe one other starter and shooter, and everyone else is a rotation guy. Andre Drummond is better than just a starter. No, they got guys now. The whole issue is the health. And Stephen A, this whole string of games they're playing, I know, they lost to a team playing the second of back-to-back, right? The Raptors, who are not going to make the playoffs, probably, go on a West Coast swing, lose to Denver, lose to the Jazz, and then beat the Lakers playing their third game in four nights. Lake, as a Lakers fan, oh, my God. But the rest of this season, the next 10 games, the next two, three weeks almost, mm-hmm. This is just the run-up to the playoffs. All the Lakers have to worry about, forget about where they're seated, get help. They have enough time. I, I have a couple questions. One, do you actually believe LeBron at face value, or do you think they're just trying to play some games here and set the bar low? You no, know, I think he's lying when he says that he doesn't know if he'll ever be 100% again. Yeah. I, think that's hyper, I, I think that's a bit of hyperbole there. Uh, but I do think that he's alluding to this season because, again, he does make a legitimate point when he talks about you have to get out there and play because yeah. particularly with the kind of season this is with COVID-19, you don't get practice time. Mm-hmm. So you can't get five-on-five live action and what have you. You don't know how you're going to feel until you go out there and play. Yeah. And if he, at age 36, in his 18th season, he's measuring himself against what he knows he's accustomed to feeling. So if you're out there 
and you're feeling this soreness after 40 days off, 20 games, and you're still feeling soreness when you go out there, it's kind of scary in that regard. Also, we got to remember, it's a three-way top of that six seed. That's what I was going to say. Dallas what about the seeding? How bad is this? Can that, that really it's, affect it's, them? It's very bad because what happens is, is that now you're talking about the fact that he can't get himself healthy because the Lakers have shown an inability to win games when he's out. They were 8 and 13 with him out of the lineup. That's okay. recent. They were doing about 500 until recently. Well, yeah, he started but, sliding but, but, but he still wasn't back is all I'm trying to say. He still wasn't back. And so without him, you're struggling. And then you get to a point where you sit back and you're going like this. I can't afford to be out because I don't have confidence that we can win without me during these regular season games, which means he had to come back in there, which is why Brad Turner and others covering the team the way that they do. One of the first questions they asked him was, do you think he came back too early? That's why they asked that well, question. Well, look, they were doing fine really until AD got back more or less. And then the then problem then, is they have to figure out how to reintegrate the, the, the second most important piece on the team in AD. And now and, it's right. LeBron. So the question is only for me. Number one, are they healthy? Mm -hmm. Right? That's a, And then do they have enough time? I say, yes, they have enough time. Even if LeBron has to pull back a little bit. you got to pull back his minutes. They have just enough time right now to get into a rhythm before the playoffs. I do think they, they have that time. And then if they do... I, not, I'm not saying I'm picking them against the Western Conference. I'm saying I'd make them the odds-on favorite because until I see otherwise, LeBron's considered the best player in basketball. AD, when last seen, was tearing it up in the playoffs and finals. They've gotten better since then. They're my favorite. Well, listen, you got Kyle Kuzma saying Marcus Gasol should be playing. Marcus Gasol was just starting center. Now he's third string behind Drummond. And Montrez, you know Montrez Harrell. Mm -hmm. So you got that as a problem. So you got team, you got players looking at things schematically. They're yeah. looking at personnel, the usage of personnel. There's a whole bunch of questions that prop up when you're not winning. Obviously, no Razan, LeBron is the resolution. <clears throat> Thanks for watching ESPN on YouTube for live streaming sports and premium content. Subscribe. Here with much more is the president of the UFC, Dana White. Well, okay, that's why I love you, because you don't hold back, you never hold back. You know, oos, you know, it's always, you know, uh, uh, hard-hitting. All right, uh, by the way, what a card this weekend. What, what a roundup you had going on. You didn't let a single person off during this entire pandemic. You created Fight Island. Tell everybody your thought process throughout. Yeah, I, I just, listen, my, this is always my thought process. There's always a way to figure things out. No is never the answer. And, uh, you know, you just have to be willing to work hard, spend the money, and, uh, you know, there's going to be some trial and error, but we knew we could do it. Yeah, all right, so you don't let them off. Explain how Fight Island came around, because I thought that was a genius idea, and it kept the sport going. It kept your employees employed. Tell us how you did that. Well, thanks. Well, let's let's start with Florida. First of all, here in the United States, we needed to be able to uh, to put on fights. We have our own arena here in Las Vegas, but we couldn't use it. We we couldn't use our own arena in our own hometown, so we had to go to Florida. And you know, the the, the mayor, uh, Mayor Curry in Jacksonville, uh, opened the doors to us, and obviously. Uh, Governor DeSantis was incredible. You have to have government officials that you can work with, people that are, and, and the Florida State Athletic Commission that were willing to work with us um, and figure out ways so that the show could go on. 
Once we got that figured out, we were putting on shows here in America. You know, this is a global sport. We're an international business. So we had to figure out how could we get people in from all over the world, from all these different countries, these fighters and their camps. And, you know, we started talking about islands and, and places where we could uh, build a real bubble. And I've had a great relationship with the royal family in Abu Dhabi for over 12 years. We started talking to them, and uh, we literally built the best bubble on earth when we, when, we, when we went to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. I want to talk about the growth of UFC over the years, and you're a big part of its success uh, from the get-go. But I want to talk about it through this idea. So you, you watch LeBron James, what he had said last week. Then you look at the ratings of the finals in the NBA. 5.6 million viewers is a disaster. The, you know, just a few years ago, they had 50 million people watching the Oscars every year. Now we're down below 10 million. Um, you look at what happened in Georgia with Major League Baseball when they have far more accessible voting laws than Joe Biden's state of, of Delaware. I'm not trying to drag you into politics. But at Major League Baseball, Kaepernick NFL, LeBron with the NBA, all of these, you know, I, if you look around an athletic stadium, I don't care what the sport is, I see people of all backgrounds, all races, all coming together because they love and have a shared passion for that sport, right? Right. Well, one of the things that I've, that I've really tried to do through this whole thing is stay out of politics. When people tune in to watch sports, they don't want to hear that crap. They don't want to hear what your opinions are or who you're voting for or what you're doing. They, they want to get away from everything in their life, and they want to focus on the, whether, you know, two, three, four hours, however long the sport is. Throughout this pandemic, when you turned on the UFC, you know, we never talked about COVID. We never talked about politics. And obviously, th there are certain fighters, um, you know, male and female, who have their own religious beliefs, their own political beliefs, or whatever. We don't muzzle anybody either. So if somebody comes out at the press conference and they want to talk about this or that or whatever it might be, it, it's their God-given right to do it. Um, we, we don't muzzle anybody, but we, we keep politics out of the sport. You want, you want to listen to that stuff? Turn on any other station. You, you got it. You, you'll hear all the COVID and political stuff you want to hear. When you turn into the UFC, you're, you're there to see fights. Do you see the growth of the UFC? And then when you, you look at the precipitous decline in a lot of other sports because of you know woke politics cancel culture and do you see a direct correlation i mean it'd be hard to say no that that that, that, that they don't go hand in hand I, I truly do believe that people are fed up i just put on an event we're the first major sport to have an indoor live event at full capacity during this pandemic we just saturday night we had 15,259 fans there if you wanted to wear a mask wear a mask you didn't want to wear a mask. You didn't have to. Um, everybody was there. The crowd was was explosive all night. It was, it was a great show. We broke the arena record. And what that tells me, uh, I sold out Jacksonville, going to Houston next, then Vegas. Fifty thousand seats sold out in under under five minutes total for all three. People are done. People are done. They're done being told where they can go, what they can do. They're ready to get back out there and start enjoying their lives again. Hey, Dana, 
Everybody knows. Everybody's heard about the masks. Everybody's heard about social distancing. Everybody knows there are three vaccines out there and available. If people, and I'd advise you to consult with your doctor, do a lot of research on your own, they know that the vaccines are available. Now Americans, if we're going to live free, we've got to live up to that model. They can't just be words. You know, I wrote a book, Live Free or Die, right? So Americans now are informed and they are voting by buying out 50,000 seats in five minutes. By the way, I might hit you up for, I want to pay for them. I always pay for my tickets. Uh, but if you know anybody selling, I may have to buy them on StubHub. I got you. Whatever you need, I got you. <laughs> I'm not taking anything for free, I promise. Uh, but seriously, everybody knows, Dana. They know. And they showed up in droves. To, I think it speaks volumes. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, I, I agree. Listen, it, it, I, I'm, I told you the three states that I'm going into next, we're sold out in all three events. And as things start to open, the next state that opens, it's looking like Arizona might work. And whoever comes after that, I'm coming to your town. I'm going to your arena. And we're going to sell out. Well, I wish you'd make it. That means in New York, where I need to get the hell out of, uh, I'd probably see in 15 years. But anyway, <laughs> congratulations on uh, a great event. Uh, our prayers to, to Weidman and, and his family. We want him, hope he, hopefully he can recover from this and make a return to the octagon, to the cage, and uh, looking forward to watching. Dana White. Thank he got you. up and walked today. He's doing better. Thank Did you. Did he really? He got up and walked today? Yeah, he walked today. You know. Um, wow. they're, they're saying he'll, he'll be in much better shape in the next couple of weeks. It's, it's, it's one of those horrible injuries to watch as human beings. We can't wrap our right. brain around their shin breaking, but it's a broken bone. He, he'll, he's going to make a, a great recovery and he'll be fine. All right. Great news. Our best to him and uh, our best to you. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Hey, click here to. Thank you for tuning in. You can follow Dre Wise on Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at DreWise, the number seven. You can also see Cash App donations. Lucian Jarrell, the number seven. Thank you. on guys it is wrestlemania here back with some more news join us now as wrestlemania looks at the wildest news stories and rumors you need to know including ronda rousey is announced that she's pregnant cm punk says that wwe television is awful charlotte flair being punished dudley boys no more roman reigns under fire for a comment and much more be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell for daily wrestling videos and follow us on facebook for exclusive lists now let's hit the intro and get straight into the first story story looks at the reason why Ronda Rousey hasn't returned. Well, you know, I mentioned in the title, she's pregnant. Well, big news for Ronda Rousey, as well as an explanation why Ronda was nowhere to be found at WrestleMania 37 and why she won't be back in the ring sometime. The baddest woman on the planet recently revealed on her YouTube channel that she's four months pregnant and that the baddest baby on the planet come to you soon, September 22nd. Rousey's revelation explains why she dismissed WWE President Nick Khan's announcement that she would be back in the WWE at some point in the future. Damn, Nick Khan had us played, man. Anyway, congratulations to Rousey and her husband Travis Brown on this incredible news. Next up, CM Punk says WWE is awful right now. And how does CM Punk feel about WWE's current television product? If you said awful, well, 
You're 100% correct. And during an interview with Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso, Punk speculated on a return to the squared circle. I don't need the money, and the way the wrestling business is now, it's wacky. You've got WWE who has multiple billion dollar television deals and the television's awful. I go back there, I'm just another guy. And it's not even that, I'd just be another guy that's doing not good television. I want to do stuff that's good. I want my name attached to quality projects where it's fun and it makes people laugh, smile, think, and people don't hate watching it. I want to do fun stuff. The multiple time world heavyweight and WWE champion also suggested that a lack of quality human beings in the industry might have something to do with his reluctance to return. I don't know, I've said no before in interviews. I'm not fishing for a deal. I get offered to do a lot of stuff and I say no to 90% of it just because my thing is I need to work with quality human beings. It just seems like maybe in pro wrestling there is a lack of quality human beings. I don't know, I like doing fun quality projects. If there is a fun quality wrestling project that gets sent my way, I will listen to it. Punk's reported awful experiences with WWE prior to his exit likely has something to do with his comments on the lack of quality human beings. However, could Punk also be referring to someone in AEW? AEW reportedly made an offer to Punk, but Punk turned it down, claiming the promotion tweeted him an offer rather than approaching him in a more personal way. Rest assured, Punk's comments will raise some eyebrows in the grappling game. Next up, a backlash against Roman Reigns' comments. A Roman Reigns is savage, something fans have seen in the ring but also on social media. The current Universal Champion recently roasted King Corbin on Twitter, the social media storm got started when Corbin addressed United States champion Sheamus' open challenge by tweeting, I'd fight you but we'd also have to put a bottle of bourbon on it. Reigns responded, Yalsis's drink flavoured vodka. Corbin wasn't about to let his question go unanswered, replying, Ouch, maybe Uncle Rock, the real head of the table, will send us some tequila to toughen us up. The tribal chief didn't hold back, savagely saying, If he's your uncle, then I must be your dad. Last interaction you get use it wisely. A WWE TV may be awful, but its social media can be entertaining. However, like all comments on social media, you're going to inevitably offend someone, and now some members of the Twitterverse are calling out Reigns for using the word sissy. For example, one Twitter user wrote, I don't believe that the top champion of a multimedia company should be using this type of language. Now, anyone who's familiar with social media knows the overly sensitive stand for many things. In fact, one tweet mentioned, let it sink in and marinate for a moment, this tweet bothered the fans slash stands more than it bothered the wrestlers he was actually talking to. Did you find the comment offensive? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, Charlotte unloads on WWE about a suspension. The WWE recently suspended Charlotte Flair for attacking a referee on Raw, and while the suspension is 100% storyline, the Queen is making the most of the situation, unloading on WWE via social media. Charlotte's digital diatribe follows, the whole thing sped past ridiculous, jumped over absurd and landed right on stupid. The two top wrestlers in WWE having a classic match on the flagship show, and for what, to be ruined by a petulant child with Road Warriors cosplay shoulder pads? Flair's blazing barb should be put into any promos once she returns to television as they fit her character very well. Charlotte continued though saying, they found one other thing as well, audacity. The audacity to find me. The audacity to physically remove me from my ring and remove me from a building with my name on the marquee. The fine, the suspension, Adam Pierce, 
all the same a joke. As we've seen, WWE superstar social media exchanges are often more entertaining than the pathetic promos written for them on Raw and SmackDown. Perhaps the WWE writers need to emulate the superstars' social media. Except the real reason why Charlotte wasn't at WrestleMania? The former wrestler Hugo Savinovich served as a WWE announcer on its Spanish announce team from 94 to 2011, and since his release, he hasn't held back in criticizing the promotion, as seen by his recent comments concerning Charlotte and her absence from WrestleMania 37. There are different stories circulating about why the Queen didn't work at this year's showcase of the Immortals, with one of them being an incorrect pregnancy test. As we detailed, a doctor reportedly diagnosed Flair as pregnant, but the test result turned out to be a false positive. Savinovich discussed the situation during an appearance on Wrestling Inc. Daily, saying, Something that is a queen of wrestling and you don't have her on the card, yet you bring her in the next night at Raw? How the heck do you explain that creative process? She's good for Raw, but maybe we'll send a message that because you favor your Latino fiancé, Maybe it would send a message to the other people. Hey, anybody steps out of line, we don't care if you're the Queen Charlotte or you are Andrade or whatever. We're going to take you out of the card. Savinovich seems convinced that Blair was punished for Andrade's post-release comments, including an interview where he criticized the company. Hugo added, I think a woman that is a legend that has a legendary name of Ric Flair and has become one of the best in the field and she's taken out WrestleMania with a cheap excuse of being pregnant? She's not in WrestleMania, but the night after, she kicks everybody's ass and they let her do a mini CM Punk pipe bomb in the ring? Do you think that backstage politics played a role in the decision to pull Flair from Mania or did they want to keep the focus on Rhea Ripley and Asuka? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, Dudley's rest in peace. Are Devon Dudley and Bubba Ray Dudley done as a team? Well, that's what Devon Dudley is claiming. Devon appeared on the Jofo in the Ring podcast announcing the Dudleys are done. It's over. It was a good run, but I think we should move on and leave the Dudleys alone. Rest in peace, Dudley boys. And the Hall of Fame team may be finished in the ring, but both Bubba and Devon continue working in the industry, with Bubba Ray working on Busted Open Radio, while Devon is currently working in the WWE as a producer. The former Reverend Devon has discussed returning to the ring, but as you may recall, he suffered a stroke which could restrict him from being cleared for a WWE return. What do you think of Devon's announcement? Do you ever want to see the Dudley Boys return for one last match? Let us know in the comments down below. And finally, a former WWE superstar retires. Last but not least, a former superstar has announced that he's retiring from the ring. Kenny Doan, aka former Spirit Squad member Kenny Dijkstra, tweeted, I've decided to retire from in-ring wrestling. When I started at 13, I thought I'd retire at 40, but smart investments over time have allowed me to be done now. I'm in my prime, and that will go towards my family and being a father. Thanks to the fans who stuck by me. And you may recall his run in the WWE from 05 to 09, and a more recent one in MLW. It's refreshing to see a wrestler who can retire on their own terms thanks to financial planning, as opposed to the sad slew of superstars who are forced to work on the indie circuits decades after their peak years. But there you have it guys, the wildest wrestling news stories and rumors. The mixed martial arts community received two shocking news in just one day. First, it was announced that former UFC champ TJ Dillashaw is out of his return bout, which was planned for the event on May 8th. Dillashaw explained that he got injured in the middle of a training session. He announced this, I'm sad to say that I have to be pulled from my fight on May 8th due to a cut received from a headbutt while drilling. Rescheduling the fight as soon as possible. Then the second report followed involving veteran Diego Sanchez, who will not make it to his next and final bout against Donald Cerrone. However, the UFC is working to keep Cowboy on the fight card and to find a short notice replacement. 
many expected, UFC fighter Kevin Holland was one of the first fighters who offered to step in and fight Cowboy on short notice. He said this, I'll run my butt off. I'll sleep upstairs with my heat maxed out and a Suna suit on. You're a legend, nothing but respect Cowboy. I will gladly step up and probably come in around 175. But if the Cowboy needs a dog to go for the ride, maybe show you few tricks, call Big Mouth. Holland tagged the matchmakers and the official organization profile to his post. Nigerian Nightmare impressed the mixed martial arts world with his second round win against Gamebred. He knocked him out in brutal fashion. Dana White and other UFC fighters praised the current champ as the most dominant fighter. After Habib's official retirement, the welterweight champ moved to the top of the game and takes over the number one spot in the ESPN rankings. At the UFC 261 post-fight press, the champ said that his work is not over yet and that he's still working hard to improve his game. He said this about his next steps. I've finished my last three opponents, I've finished them all. So right now I just need to take some time and continue to train and get better. But these guys got to show me something because right now I'm the champion, I'm the most active guy in the division. These guys just can't wait around and wait for me to call their number. They need to show me something. I want to be that role model to everyone from Nigeria, from Morocco, from Cameroon, all the way down to South Africa. I want to motivate them and say this can be done so. This one was extremely satisfying for me. Jake Paul reacted to his statement and offered him a fight against him. He promised him that he will get the biggest payday of his fighting career if he accepts the challenge against him. He said this. Challenge accepted. If your boss Dana gives you permission to box me and make more money than you ever have, let me know and we can lace them up. I promise it will be your biggest payday. It didn't take long for the champ to respond to his offer. He makes it clear he is not interested to fight a YouTuber or Disney kid and declines his offer. He posted this. Keep making your money young man and stay on that side. I ain't no Disney kid and I don't play fighting. Jake Paul was angry after getting disrespected by him and shared his thoughts. He also revealed that he could make more than 10 million if he would accept to fight him. Jake said this, so let's get this straight. 1. Usman calls me out to fight on TMZ Sports Interview. 2. I quickly accept the challenge to fight and will give him biggest payday of career, which is 10 million plus. 3. Usman then backs out of the fight because I'm a Disney kid. Then he finished his post with a caption of the champ, together with his daughter in Disney World. Dustin Poirier makes his prediction for the UFC 264 main event. He will fight the Notorious for the third time. He said this in an interview with ESPN. I'm going to finish Connor again. I'm going to stop him. July 10th I'm going to get my hand raised and I'm going to finish Connor McGregor again. When he was asked 
how he's planning to finish him, Dustin said, that he doesn't make picks like that. He confirms that he will be ready. Dominic Reyes had a tough year 2020. He lost two title fights back to back. Some would argue that he didn't lose against John Jones. But his second loss at UFC 257 was even more bitter due to the fact that he lost via technical knockout. Now, he reveals what happened and how he's feeling going into his next fight. Oh, it's been a lot of uh, training in the dark, training, training, you know, not a lot of eyes on me, not, you know, everybody kind of wrote me off after the last one, so it's good. I'm, I'm able to go back to working in the bunker and, and building these bombs back up. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty humble guy from a small town. Um, the attention, um, I lost myself a little bit there. I, I did. And uh, it's good to get back to family and my roots, man. Did you do training or your preparation? Well, not at all. I knew I won that fight, period. No matter what, nobody could ever take that away from me. Um, but that didn't have anything to do with it. The thing that had everything to do with it was things surrounding camp. Um, I was only a six-week camp after a six-month layoff. You know, that's a, that's a tough thing to do overall. Um, but not only that, you know, I had things going on in my life and my family, and I wasn't in the right headspace. I, was, I wasn't I was me. I wasn't me at all. I mean, the performance showed. I fought, uh, didn't fight free. I fought timid. I fought... Not good. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Watterson and Marina Rodriguez will headline UFC Vegas 26 and May 8th, but the fight will take place at flyweight. Watterson fought the last time in September 20. where she won a split decision win against Angela Hill. She confirms this in an interview with BJPenn.com. It has been insane, it really has, but with every fight I've had throughout my entire fight career, there is always a lesson to be learned. The lesson that I am taking away is, I just realized in life, there will always be opportunities, but the question is are you ready if the opportunity comes? I was supposed to fight, then I wasn't. Now I got this opportunity on Monday, and it's not something I had to do, and I don't think you should take a fight, because you had to, but because you want to, and I wanted to. I was excited about the challenge, I was excited for the opportunity to step up to the plate, go into Vegas, 5 rounds at 125, let's go. Facebook at Jarrell Lucian. You can follow him on Instagram at DreWise the number seven. You can also send cash app donations. Lucian Jarrell the number seven. Thank you.